Well, one of the biggest disappointments for me during this COVID-affected summer was the postponement of the Tokyo 2020 Summer Olympics. I don't know about you, but in my world, you know, every four years for those two weeks, I can barely pay attention to anything else. Like who knew that equestrian and synchronized swimming could evoke such passion in people like me? <laughs> but alas, the gathering of nations for 16 days to pursue the Olympic ideals of Sidious, Altius, and Fortius, meaning faster, higher, and stronger, was not to be, at least for the next year. Or so we thought, because what was cool about this summer was that a number of athletes decided otherwise. And they decided that even though there was no event to go to, they were gonna live those ideals out in their own lives anyway. And as a fan of track and field, and especially of long distance running, probably the most inspiring example of this was when Niagara's own Mo Ahmed uh, did this this summer. His uh, track club in Portland hosted a number of kind of mini track meets just within the bubble of their training group. And in one of those track meets, Mo managed to break his own Canadian record in the 5,000 meters by a whopping 11 seconds. It was so inspiring to see someone say, just because there's no event doesn't mean I can't live out the spirit of that event. And for Mo, he made the choice, even though there was no Olympics, to continue to pursue and experience a Sidious Altius Fortius reality in his own life. And as I think about that and the dawn of a new ministry season for us personally and as a church family, I feel like that's the very choice that we have the opportunity to make. Will we choose to live out the, the values that a big event serves to foster without being able to experience that big event itself? Or put more simply, if you wonder what I'm referring to, can we continue to grow as a church even though we can't continue to go to church? Gang, admittedly, this is one of the most unprecedented seasons ever that we've tried to vision cast in, knowing that a few weeks ago we announced that uh, for Southridge at least, for the remainder of 2020, we would not be reconvening in our regular routine of in-person Sunday morning large group worship gatherings. We shared at the time, if you haven't heard why, uh, there, there are basically two reasons driving that. One is because of what we would experience, or more importantly, what we would be unable to experience if we gathered because of all the COVID restrictions. And on the other hand, because as a church, our primary purpose is to serve the surrounding community. And we feel the best way we can serve our surrounding community is by playing it safe and protecting one another and others from further spread of the virus. And so we've committed to not gathering in those large group in-person ways for the remainder of 2020 and admittedly early 2020. One doesn't look much more promising. And so for the time being, we're going to continue to restrict ourselves from gathering together as a church family. We need to appreciate, though, that just because we can't gather as a church doesn't mean God doesn't want to grow us as a church. And just because we can't gather to be envisioned in environments like our typical vision day doesn't mean that God doesn't have vision for us. 
Just because we look at the future with great uncertainty doesn't mean God can't provide some clarity that we can grab hold of. And just because the future is kind of cloudy when it comes to visibility doesn't mean God doesn't want to impart his vision in our hearts and lives this year. And so that's what we're inviting everyone to choose, not just today, but in the coming weeks and leading through to this whole ministry season to choose vision over visibility, or more particularly, to choose God's vision over our lack of visibility. Vision over visibility is kind of our theme for this year, not just because it's a cool lyric from a U2 song, but because it kind of perfectly encapsulates what we sense God wanting to do among us and the choice he's inviting us to make. Where even though we can't go to church, he still wants to grow us as a church, remembering that just because there's no Olympics doesn't prevent us from living Sidious, Altius, Fortius kind of lives this year. Especially when you consider some of the ways that we as a leadership believe that God is leading among us, some of the vision that he's imparting to us this year. For for starters, the idea that like never before, God wants to invite us into the journey of changing faster. Part of what we sense God wanting to do among us specifically this year is for us to be changing faster than ever before, you know, to to raise our change capacity as people and as a community. On the ministry side, uh, certainly our leaders know that ever since COVID hit, they've had to, the buzzword is pivot, and they've been pivoting and pivoting again, and they understand that that rate of change is only going to continue into this new ministry season. So our inspiration team is looking at how to make our online service more effective in driving our spiritual practices in a deeper way and drawing in a more diverse set of voices to help us do that. Our connection team is looking at, you know, in absence of lobbies where we can rub shoulders on Sunday morning, how to make community continue to be the backbone of our church, both in and beyond this pandemic. Our action team is working at raising our mobilization around here so that every single one of us can be activated in the game of the ministry of our locations, anchor causes, and experience the wonder and power of friendship that makes a difference. And our family ministry is hard at work, not only serving kids and students and parents and families like never before, but trying to figure out how to do that in a way that is more integrated with the life of our whole church. And as a set of ministries, each and together devoted to fostering this lifestyle of full devotion to Jesus Christ that we believe God is inviting us into as a community, they are hard at work pivoting and pivoting and changing like never before. The question is, at a a personal level, are you and I invested in that as well? You know, I know that it can be hard for some of us, especially during the pandemic, especially coming off the summer. You know, it might be tempting to just kind of allow our faith or our relationship with the church to drift. But the Apostle Peter, in his letter in the Bible, he, he, he said that in response to appreciating the benefits and the blessings of all that Jesus has done in our lives, he says in 2 Peter chapter 1, to make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, to godliness mutual affection, and to mutual affection love. 
In response to what Jesus has done, make every effort to grow in that direction of love. And I feel like if we've learned nothing else in this past year, in the journey that God's had us on through the book of Galatians, it's that God intends each of us personally and us together as a church family to be on a collision course with his love. So the question is, will we fully participate in the experiences that our church ministries are creating? And will we personally engage in opening our heart up to the transforming love of God for us and then through us to him and to others in ways like never before? Our ministries are committed to changing faster. Are we prepared to allow God to open our hearts to more of his love and to grow that in us at a faster rate than ever before? That leads to a second way that we feel like God wants to be at work with us specifically this year. And that is through instilling a higher degree of advocacy. A higher degree of advocacy, meaning making us people and a church community that stands up for systemic change in ways that maybe we've never known before. See, for a long time as a local church, we've been about extending compassion, particularly to those on the margins and those in need, and more particularly through each of our locations, anchor causes. But these days we're finding that that compassion and the friendships that make a difference through which we express that compassion are leading us on the precipice of starting to need to advocate for justice in many different and unique kinds of ways. As well, in the overall way that God has been consistently moving our church to greater degrees of equality and inclusion, where in previous eras he had us focus on things like empowering female leaders or creating policies to include LGBTQ plus people at the table. These days we're having to stare in the face the realities of racial injustice and particularly appreciate the dynamic of white privilege like we never have before. And so God is raising the stakes of advocacy in these kinds of ways only these days with kind of a twist. Because these days, especially in regards to racial injustice, it's not like some of those other eras where, you know, as a church, our responsibility was to kind of catch up with the rest of the world. These days, we're feeling like our obligation as a church is to be a prophetic voice into our surrounding culture and to advocate for systemic change, not just internally in our community, but more broadly in our surrounding society. And if you know what it takes to embark on systemic change and to advocate for that, you know that that is risky, risky work. The Apostle Paul says in uh, Romans chapter 12, he says, If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Live at peace with everyone. And I think in that challenge to be peacemakers, there are two action steps for us this year. One is to appreciate the Christian obligation for peacemaking, especially with those who are pushed to the margins and who are undergoing oppression and injustice to advocate on their behalf. But at the same time, to do that work of peacemaking in a peacemaking manner. Because if you think about what it often means, especially in social media these days, to advocate for justice, it's often very polarizing and divisive and even harsh or rude. 
And yet remember from the summer, Jesus' one prayer is for unity. And to be the answer to the one prayer of the one who answers ours, we need to figure out how to advocate, but to advocate in unity. And that's the journey we believe God's going to have us on, not just in our Hope Live series coming up later this fall, but throughout the year in a number of different ways as he grows us to a higher degree of advocacy personally and as a community. The other way that we sense God leading among us this year is through a stronger investment of leadership development through a stronger investment of leadership development in order to multiply our capacity as a church community. You know, when Jesus walked the earth and saw the immensity of need in his society, it broke his heart. But his response was recorded in Matthew chapter 9, where it says, Jesus said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few, meaning the capacity to meet the needs around us is less than the immensity of the need. And so we've got to figure out how to expand and multiply our capacity to do that. And so to be the kind of people who God is growing ever increasingly with his love that can extend that love, especially in compassion and justice and even advocacy, we need to know how to multiply our capacity and our influence as leaders. Particularly this year, we're sensing that God wants us to focus disproportionately on the next generation of leaders. You know, one of the cool God stories in our community over the years has been what we describe as a generational transfer, literally the process of handing the keys of the family business from one generation over to the next. And, you know, that process only happens about once every generation. But to those of us for whom those keys were entrusted a generation ago, it's been almost a quarter century since then. And we're feeling like it's high time for us to start paying attention to the emerging generation and more formally investing in that process yet again. Another aspect of leadership development that we continue to stare at in increasing ways is the stewardship of our church's story beyond just Southridge, because there's more and more leaders and churches and ministries that are leaning in to discover some of the unique ways that God's been moving among us in order to help them do ministry as well. And so taking all of these values of leadership and tying them together, we're excited this year to be launching into a brand new ministry that we're going to call the Leaders' Village based on the idea that it takes a village to raise a family, but so often there isn't so much of a surrounding village for the leaders or the parents of those families. We want to create that kind of village, both to develop and encourage the leaders at Southridge, especially those of an emerging generation, and to share with leaders beyond Southridge in a real generous way. And so we sense God moving in a direction of a stronger investment into that leadership development this year. And so I hope that even though we can't gather in a vision day kind of setting on a day like today, that you understand that God has given us some unique vision to kind of grip our hearts and to define our ministry season this year. Even though things are kind of uncertain in our surrounding context because of the pandemic, God has given us clarity about how he intends to lead. And even though things may not be terribly visible, he's provided us with some vision that while we can't gather as a church, he certainly wants to grow in us as a church. 
knowing that even though we can't gather, we can experience some Sidious Altius Fortius in our lives as God changes us faster, as God grows a higher degree of advocacy, and God makes a stronger investment of leadership development in us this year. Even though we can't gather for the big event, this can be a year where God grows us in faster, higher, and stronger ways like never before. The only question is, will you join us this year in that adventure? I know that for many of us, it is very easy, especially in the absence of being able to convene every week in that large group to allow our faith and to allow our relationship with our church to drift. But I think that as challenging as this year will be in that regard, this is actually our greatest opportunity. In fact, a friend and mentor of mine early on in the pandemic said, I hope that you know, if nothing else through this pandemic, the Church of North America can, can learn to kind of shake its over addiction to that hour on Sunday. And that's my prayer for us as well, that we can learn to relinquish our over-dependence on the need to go to church in order to be the church like never before. Because the truth, gang, is that Jesus didn't hang on a cross and die and give his life up to you and me and to so many others to change one hour of our week. And the truth is that the watching world isn't going to be compelled that God is real just because a bunch of faith-professing people go somewhere together on Sunday mornings. We need to appreciate that the church is so much more in Jesus' vision than an hour on Sundays, an event that we can go to. The church is a timeless entity invented by Jesus to usher in the reality of the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. And that vision is victorious and always has been for 2,000 years, no matter what pandemics come every hundred years or so. And you and I and us together have the opportunity today to involve ourselves to a greater degree in that timeless, victorious vision if we will choose God's vision over our lack of visibility. So what do you say? Even though we can't gather as a church anytime soon, will you allow God to grow you and us together as the church in more compelling ways than ever? Truth is, if you and I and us together will choose vision over visibility, God can grow in us this year in a faster, a higher, and a stronger way than ever before. So let's remember, just because there's no Olympics doesn't prevent us from living a Sidious, Altius, Fortius kind of life this year. Let's choose God's vision over visibility personally and together as a church family and give God the space to do more than he's ever done before. Let's pray together. God, we thank you not just for rescuing us personally through the work of Jesus that's available to every one of us, no matter who we are or what we've done, but for inviting us into your spiritual family and including us in your kingdom-building, eternity-altering plan for the world. I pray that even if we've drift, drifted over the summer months because of vacation or other priorities, that you would draw us back in to your compelling vision for your timeless church to be that difference maker, not only in our own lives, but in the lives of so many others. And you would compel us with the kinds of differences that you want to make in our lives this year. 
God, help us all to lean in like never before, to relinquish that need that we have just to gather and to to figure out by your work in us how to be the church like never before, even though for this season we can't go to church in the same ways that we're used to. God, work spectacularly among us. Grow us faster, grow us higher, grow us stronger, and allow us to experience your work personally and among us like we never have as we open our hearts up to you. God, for every one of us and for us as a family, help us to choose your vision over our lack of visibility and help that to be our rally cry and your anthem in our hearts this year. We love you and we thank you for your timeless, unfailing commitment to us. And we look forward to watching you work among us in the months to come. We love you and pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.